0: Hey guys, how are we doing? It's Juart here with Hit The Apex Podcast, coming from lockdown 4.0. I think that's what number we're up to in terms of lockdowns, yep. Um, we're back in lockdown here in Victoria. Uh, i not going to go into the details because I could get pretty mad with with the specifics and that would be getting a bit too political, so let's try and avoid that and stick to racing politics for this one. But yes, you know, it's... um. Gonna go on for for seven days, which I don't mind actually. It's nice to have a little bit of a break and recharge the batteries and everything, and possibly even um do some do some more writing work, which I have kind of neglected over the last few months or since the season has started, um, in general. So yeah, but other than that, we had a pretty pretty decent Monaco Grand Prix over the weekend. I gotta say, all in all, um. The race itself was probably not the most entertaining race, but I'll say that it is, or it was, a key race in terms of the championship so far, so Max Verstappen got the win that he needed, Um, unfortunately Mercedes ended up having quite a miserable weekend, and you know, you can kind of count on both hands how many times in the hybrid era that they've had, a bad weekend, and the thing is, when they have a bad weekend, it's, it's, it's a bad weekend, you know, you have probably no points scored, or both cars both retire, um, you know, Lewis was pretty furious, which I'll get to as well, um, in a little bit, but, yeah, ultimately, it was the weekend that Max and Red Bull needed, but also not the weekend that Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton needed, so, yeah, key week, as I said, with, with the victory, um, It came because there was a bit of a shock at the start of the race with uh, Charles Leclerc, who was a surprise pole sitter, I've got to say as well, Ferrari ended up having this pace that, you know, like, just came to them because of the circuit we were at, so a low-speed corner track, you know, not really a power circuit either, so their cars work in those low-speed corners, they don't need the top speed like you do at the next race in Baku, um, and we had Charles Leclerc on pole position, though he ended up crashing after that pole lap, cue the conspiracy theorists and everything, um, was he pulling a Rosberg or, or a Schumacher? Um, we'll never know in regards to that, but what it did do was, you know, upset the guys behind him, Max and and Bottas and and Carlos Sainz as well, his teammate, they were on better laps, or they claimed to be on better laps um, before that red flag came out at the end of Q3, but the most hilarious thing was the fact that, you know, overnight Ferrari had confirmed that the gearbox was okay, they did some checks, or whether they did any sort of checks at all will will never be known, but apparently, yeah, um, they cleared it between qualifying and the next morning, and then on the outlap to the grid, drive shaft failure, and that was Leclerc's day done. I think everyone's hearts, you know, whether you're a Ferrari fan or not, just collectively sank, you know, for Leclerc, because the poor guy, he actually has never finished a race here at Monaco, his home track, given that, you know, he grew up there in Monaco, he's born in Monaco, proper Monegasque driver, Um, the two races he did in the junior categories, he didn't finish, he didn't finish in the two F1 starts that he had previously as well for Alfa Romeo and for Ferrari back in 2019, and then this one, He's on pole position but doesn't even get to start the race. So so disaster already for Ferrari. But, you know, I guess their pace the whole weekend came as a bit of a shock, um, given that, you know, they were able to get pole position and everything. But the opportunity they did have, possibly one of the only opportunities they'll have this season to score a win, they weren't able to do. So we'll go on that a bit later. But as a result, everyone got moved up on the grid, even though here's pole position slot remained vacant. Max was technically the pole sitter from Bottas and Carlos Sainz there in 3rd. Race started, Verstappen gets the clear run to saint ahead of Bottas and Sainz, Um, Hamilton, he qualified 7th, so he's had a bad weekend from the get-go, just unable to unlock the pace of that car on that track, you know, couldn't get the tyres to work, and then given that Monaco is nigh impossible to overtake, um, qualifying down in 7th was probably the worst thing that could have happened. Um he was stuck behind Pierre Gasly before coming into here, coming to do his pit stop on lap 30, which was rather early, like everyone was saying at the time, that's that's a bit early, and they possibly were going for the undercut, definitely, you could say going for the undercut um, on the hard tyres, but that failed spectacularly, given the fact that the power of the overcut was more potent around here, and not only did um, Gasly stay ahead of Hamilton, but but then you had a number of cars behind Hamilton that ended up jumping him as well, so uh, Sergio Perez, who started down eighth, and people were digging into him after qualifying, saying that he's not there for his Red Bull teammate to do the, um, the support role, yada yada yada, which has been the rhetoric for for a million years now at Red Bull, um, and then also Sebastian Vettel, who qualified in the top 10, and you know, was looking for a good weekend to score his first points of the season. So now these two are both ahead of um of Lewis as well. Seb was the one who pitted immediately after Gasly did. And um there was a bit of a, you know, wheel to wheel battle going on between those two on, on Seb's Outlap and that was actually missed by the T V director, which um, is a whole other controversy. Hoo ha, you know, they the only wheel-to-wheel battle that we had during this race was missed, because the director decided to cut to a replay of Lance Stroll cutting the um, chicane there at the swimming pool, so that really made people angry, and then the replay of that was missed as well, so, um, you know, not that it was going to save the race from a spectacle point of view, but it could have done it a bit better, and Gasly's comments after the race especially, saying that, you know, both of them could have ended up in the harbour with the way that they were going wheel-to-wheel, just makes you want to go back and watch what actually happened when, um, that occurred, so, but going back to, um, Hamilton, so he ends up losing a further two places because Seb comes out ahead, Checo, who went later than everyone, ended up jumping up to fourth as well, so, you know, you've already got Hamilton Furious on the radio, then you have his teammate come in for his pit stop as well, and, the longest ever pit stop, and I'm not joking, it was, I guess, the longest ever tyre change in general, because when you look at, uh, if you read the news on Monday or Tuesday, I think after the race, Mercedes was still trying to get that wheel nut off, and the wheel off, so there was a right front wheel nut failure, they couldn't get the wheel off Bottas's car, basically meant that they had to retire him, but it's just, it's laughable how, you know, come Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was, they're still trying to get that um wheel off the car. So I think they didn't end up doing that until they got back to the factory there at Brackley. But as I said, when it rains, it pours for Mercedes. Um, they have one car in the garage. You had one car for the rest of the race just moaning and being generally unhappy about everything, about life. Um Mercedes after the race came out and said that it was not actually feasible for them to do the overcut with Lewis, you know, the tyre wear was too much in the um, in the traffic situation, so that's another thing that fundamentally the Mercedes is not a good car when it comes to following other cars or being stuck behind them, they've basically got to pass um, as soon as they can, but, you know, this is Monaco and that's not very possible, so unfortunately that was just a weekend that they've left with... Um, their head in their hands, doing a bit of head scratching, and I understand Hamilton's frustration too, I know some people will um, beat up on him and say, oh you know, here's uh, Lewis throwing the toys out of the cot again and whatnot, Um, when you are in that position for so long, you know, you almost demand the best weekend, week out, um, weekend in, weekend out, and when that doesn't come to fruition then you want to search for answers, you want your team to be able to go away and um, produce a solution to what's happened and that's why this is this team has been the best for as long as they have, driver included. So for those saying that, oh, you know, Lewis has thrown the toys out of the cot, blah, 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 I think it's un um, completely unnecessary. Yes, you know, it was portrayed in that way with the way that it was presented on the T V, but at the same time, you know, this team hasn't been the best because they sit on their heads, or, you know, they sit there complacently, they're going to learn from what went wrong this weekend, and then they're going to come out firing come the next race, so not a good weekend for them at all, he basically stayed in seventh as a result of it, um, after the pit stops, because the pit stops really were the only point, was the only point in the race that caused a bit of drama, the race settled again, you had Max there in second, sorry, Max there leading Science up to second and Lando Norris in third. And wow. So happy. So happy to be flying the Papaya flag again at the end of that one. Um and also the curse of the um the throwback livery or the retro livery um, can finally be thrown aside because they made that um, golf livery, or they did that golf livery proud and finished on the podium, collected the trophy. Now, towards the end of the race, there was a bit of um, hype up, you could say, from the commentators around Perez, who was pursuing Lando in the end there, Um, and while he did get within DRS range, I don't think there was any chance that he would have passed, particularly not in these conditions. Like, you could have tyres literally dead, you know, like I think we've seen in past years, Daniel Ricciardo, when he had that um, ERS failure or whatever, and then Seb as well, one year, I think he had tyres completely gone, Um, you can just make the car as wide as possible, Um, sorry, that was Mansell and Senna, I think, um, back in the day, you could make the car as wide as possible, you'd literally be hanging on by fingernails and you could still stay ahead, so there you go, another podium there for McLaren, but for Checo's result too that was amazing because fourth um along with Max's win allowed Red Bull to jump ahead of Mercedes in the constructors' championship as well for the first time in the hybrid era leading both championships now Max winning his first Monaco Grand Prix um and yeah you know just an all-round great podium got to say cuz it was such a nice moment, I think, afterwards, because I've been, you know, as you do, as a as a fanboy or as a McLaren fan, you dream about, you know, your two drivers being on the podium, and while Science is no longer with the team, I've always pictured um, him and Lando being on the podium together, because they're such great mates, and you can see that still is the case, you know, with them both talking on the team radio, I didn't think that drivers could talk to other drivers on the radio um, in the car, but there you go, you couldn't, you could hear them two talking to each other and then during the um post race interviews I think with David Coulthard you had um science coming in and basically hijacking the interview there. So now, good to see them together. At least it wasn't as bad as Serena Williams coming and um taking over Max's interview, which has um spawned a few memes online, um worth checking out as as has the whole Lance Stroll thing. Um, that's been quite hilarious too, seeing uh things cut away to to Lance Stroll. So yeah, that's that's the top three. Science, you got to say congratulations to him for his first Ferrari podium, um first podium for Ferrari this season as well, and it's come from their new driver, Science, who's just been, you got to say just. A metronome, he's consistent, he gets the job done, doesn't cause a fuss and I think perfect driver to fit into that Ferrari team, whether he's going to be number one or number two, um, but importantly um, after the race he was saying it's a bittersweet moment and not because his teammate wasn't in the race, because the fact that his teammate caused the crash in Q3, brought out the red flag and possibly Possibly cost Science pole position, which would have guaranteed him the win. So it's good to see that Science is focusing on, you know, the bigger picture, and he's in a position now where he can push for that sort of thing. You know, um, you know, not satisfied with podiums or whatever, but also just targeting the the next step, which is a win, which I think will come for Science. Um, sooner than later, even though he has defected across to the dark side, but that's that's a whole other story, um, and it was interesting as well, um, not, not trying to go off topic or anything, but um, it's in the title there this week about meditation, and I thought it was quite interesting, Damon Hill tweeted that, you know, Monaco is more a meditation, you know, given that there's nothing really to take away from it, apart from, like, the fact that there's no overtaking, basically the drivers are doing lap after lap, and it's just unique in that sense that it just demands such high focus, I mean, if you put me or any other Tom, Dick or Harry in the car and um, told us to do 78 laps in Monaco, I think would probably crash at saint and that was it, so the fact that they have such a high level of focus and can do 78 laps, you know, at such high speeds, the intensity and everything, and then also being chased down, like, you might think that, oh, you know, they're not going to pass or whatever, but what if they try something stupid and make an overtake, so I quite agree with that, given the fact that this time of year, we're all, we always get the criticisms inevitably about Monaco and why it shouldn't be on the calendar if anything I reckon they should just make some modifications to the track if possible for the future when we have these new cars come in next year but you know all in all the spectacle is still pretty good and we did miss Monaco last year when it wasn't on so yeah it's it's more meditation and it just shows you um that these drivers have that level of concentration needed it's it's about I think one of the Sky commentators I can't even remember who made the comment that you know, it's about winning a season for the championship, at least, it's about winning over a season, you know, 23 races, 23 unique races, if we were just doing 23 races around the same racetrack, then how boring would that be, so in that sense, you kind of look at it, look at the bigger picture and understand, but as far as Monaco is concerned, I quite Like the idea of it being like a meditation, (laughs) a a high-speed meditation around seventy-eight laps of the course. So, yeah. Well, you know that's the top three. As I said, Checo was top four, Um, and McLaren. Not a good weekend for Daniel Ricciardo. Terrible weekend for Daniel. Gotta say, qualified in twelfth, finished the race in twelfth as well not to mention that he was also lapped by his teammate who finished on the podium, and there's a cheeky little clip you can see of Lando going past um, Dan and giving him a bit of a wave, that would have uh, really rubbed a, the salt in the wound, but what can you say? Like, after Barcelona, you would have thought that Dan had turned a corner, and he was at more more at home in the car, come to Monaco, a race where he's actually been on pole twice before, he's won the race before, been on the podium um, it just wasn't there, and, you know, as good as his race pace was, which it was pretty decent, you got to say, it was really good, um, it's all down to qualifying, and if you can't get inside the top 10 or top 5 or whatever, then what's the point of having all that good race pace, because it's not going to do you any good down in 12th, where you can't overtake, so, yeah, and after the race as well, you had both Lando and, um, and team principal Andreas Seidel talking about how, it's such a unique car where, you know, you could come in with a particular driving style, it's not going to work, but also Lando, not, I'm not going to say that it was giving him a bit of a jab, but saying, or suggesting that his former teammate, Science, was a lot more adaptable in the McLaren than Dan, so maybe it's going to take a bit more work from Dan to try and adapt himself to this car, because it's a damn quick car, you know, it's really good, and I'm looking forward to Baku, because Science is saying, um, I was reading some comments earlier, that Science saying, you know, they're going to have a rocket ship, um, Lando's going to have a rocket ship there in, in Baku, so, you know, Baku and Monaco, people say, what's the difference, they're both street, street circuits, but there's a couple more high-speed corners there in Baku, and also the long straights too, so with that mercedes Um, power plant in the back of the McLaren, I think it's going to be difficult to to catch them, I think, especially for Ferrari, so, you know, when you look at the weekend overall, um, McLaren still are ahead of Ferrari in the championship, like, uh, coming into Sunday, you would have thought that Ferrari's definitely going to win this race if if, if Leclerc was fine, and um, they'll definitely jump ahead of McLaren to third in the Constructors, but that wasn't the case, McLaren stay ahead by a a slender margin and um, they're going to go into a race next time out and possibly get more points in them, and then you'd hope that Dan would be able to have a good weekend there too, because Baku, another track that he's won at before, and um, something's got to give eventually, otherwise then you start to question his ability, you know, given that he's a seven-time race winner, he's meant to have all this hype around him, and all of a sudden he's not looking as mighty as um, once we all thought we all once thought, but um, let's not go down that path again, yet, sorry, (laughs) not again, but yet, and and criticise him, he's still a great driver, and um, we'll see in a few more races time what's going to happen. Best finish of the year as well for Aston Martin, great to see um, something give for them as well, Seb scoring his first points, as I said, finishing uh, actually quite well, Um, in 5th, you know, and that's as a result of that overcut there on Hamilton and Co, so, you know, scoring a whole points there, and he just instantly leapfrogged um, his teammate in the standings as well, Lance Stroll, even though he finished, I think, in the points, yeah, he was 8th was Stroll, so good result for them, he also won driver of the day, did Seb as well, so nice of him to take that honour, even though I would have probably given it to someone like Lando or or Carlos Sainz there, Um, you had Esteban Ocon down in ninth, and again, ahead of Fernando Alonso, who Alonso, he got knocked out in Q1, was able to race back to finish 13th, but ultimately, you know, on a weekend where everyone thought that Alpine would have a good good run, you know, they could have both cars in the top 10, it unfortunately didn't come out that way for them, but Ocon again scoring some points in ninth, which is great, and maiden points of the season for Alfa Romeo as well, with um, Antonio Giovinazzi in P10, so good on them for scoring a point, Kimi behind in P11, and good pace all round. you've got to say, from the Alfa Romeo This weekend and no it's probably not as a result of the the flexi wing or whatever the flexi rear wing which is probably going to cause a bit of a um hoo-ha there in the next race in Baku um it's likely that we should see Mercedes and McLaren most likely protest um them unless they're banned before that um we know that not only Alfa Romeo but Red Bull and Ferrari have this um flexible rear wing which, you know, does push the boundaries as far as legality is concerned and it's it's flaring up, you know, it's been flaring up since the end of the race in Barcelona. Monaco is not really a race where you would gain much from having a flexible rear wing, but given the fact that we don't have a lot of straights and you can't really reach the same speeds that you would somewhere like Baku, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprising if, um, unless the FIA do something about it before the race or before the weekend begins, if by the end of FP1 or whatever, or midway through FP1, we see the Red Bulls far ahead of Mercedes, they might come out and, uh, do a protest, or the other way around where Ferrari's quicker than McLaren, we might see a protest there against the Flexi Wing. So we had our usual, um, back markers towards the bottom end of the field, Russell again ahead of Latifi in 14th there for Williams, who celebrated their 750th Grand Prix, at least they kept out of the barriers during the race and had um, brought the cars home, Yuki Tsunoda again having a difficult one down there in 16th, uh, waiting for him to turn a corner now, given... All the hype that was generated about him pre-season and in Bahrain, me probably included, I thought he was going to be the next best thing since sliced bread, but unfortunately that has not been the case so far, only to forget that he's a rookie and he um, is still trying to learn, and he's a rookie that's come through the ranks quite quickly too, so you know, it's kind of along the lines of Lance Stroll without the wealthy father, so we might see um, a bit yet from Sonoda to unlock his potential, um, and also <laughs> when it comes to the Haas guys, you know, Mazepin finishing ahead of Schumacher there in 17th, um, a bit of a messy weekend for for our little Mick there, crashing heavily in FP3, saw him misqualifying, and then um, even though he got ahead of Maz in the race, he ultimately ended up losing out, to his teammate, which hopefully we won't see too much of at all this year, and recapping the standings then, before we move on, so after that race, of course, Verstappen into the lead by four points, and Lando back into third, which is good to see as well, nine points clear of Bottas, uh, Perez there in fifth, and then, you know, that's a pretty tight battle between he, Leclerc, Sainz, and then further back is Ricardo. Gasly and Ocon who round out the top 10 and good to see Seb shoot up there as well um, into 11th on 10 points now ahead of his teammate and that in the Constructors Championship Red Bull are clear by one point of Mercedes, two points between McLaren and Ferrari which we should see hopefully McLaren get the advantage there in Baku and then yeah that battle between the team A teams so you could say the triple A's or whatever, Aston, Alpha, and um, Alpha Tauri, sorry, and Alpine. They're all separated just by two points um, across those three, and Alpha Romeo on the board with a point. So, yeah, that wraps up the Monaco Grand Prix. A bit of sad news coming out earlier in the week as well about the passing of Max Mosley, the former FIA president, and, and also former racer, team boss. He um, was in that race that um, the Formula 2 race, which saw the untimely demise of Jim Clark, he also was team principal of March as well, when they were around in F1, he had a brotherly partnership with um, Bernie Eccleston, you know, through the Fisker Folk War, which um, saw the commercial rights holder you know, Bernie basically take over the commercial rights and everything, Um, and yeah, when he was FIA president as well, all sorts of things happened, he was an advocate for privacy as well, given all the stuff that happened to him in his personal life, the uh, news of the world, phone hacking scandal and things being published that shouldn't have been, perhaps, but, um, you know, his public life and everything, and just a fascinating guy, you know, one of those trailblazers, you can say, those legends of the sport, even though he wasn't, you know, like one of those driving heroes as such or whatever, but he certainly did have um, a lot of presence and whatnot within it, and he really did pioneer a lot, especially after um, that dark weekend in May there in Imola, 1994, with the passing of um, Ed and and Roland Ratzenberger, he did a lot to improve the safety, and ultimately as well, set up, you know, before the end of his tenure there, when uh, Jean-Todd took over, setting up, you know, um, curves and everything for F1 for the future, um, going down a sustainable path as well, so a lot to pay tribute to, um, a lot to play, a lot to pay tribute to, um, for Max Mosley, and yeah, you know, another, um, trailblazer, you know, we've lost Murray Walker this year, which is really sad, you know, in recent years, Sterling Moss and and Nicky Lauda as well, so it really is getting to that end of the era, unfortunately, for these, for these legends, so, um, yeah, so rest in peace there, Vale, Max Mosley. Moving it on, then, and what was supposed to be the section for the Supercars Winton Super Sprint? I've got a big line through that title now. Um, And yeah, unfortunately, given Winton is in Victoria, um, it has been postponed the event due to the lockdown in Victoria. I don't know why in my notes it says postponed due to lockdown, Vic lockdown. I must have just been writing things in a rush. So, yeah, basically, um, the event has been rescheduled um, for July thirty first to August the first uh, before the Sydney Super Night um, later in the year. Uh, it was touch and go this week actually as to whether, you know, first it would be oh yeah, they'd run the event without a crowd or they'd have a limited crowd, and then when the news of the lockdown came yesterday um, seven-day lockdown because of this latest outbreak of, uh, COVID, and unfortunately it is the, the variant coming from India, which, you know, has claimed so many hundreds of thousands of lives and causing such chaos there, um, yeah, you know it's everyone in Victoria and in Melbourne should be taking this very seriously. So with the with the supercars teams, they were talking about potentially fleeing the state, you know, like they did last year, go on the road, just so it doesn't compromise the um the Victorian teams from being able to participate in other states. So the next round will be um in June there in Darwin. So whether they can get there without having to do any quarantine or whatever, but yeah, it's, it's really sad, you know, having to go back into lockdown, I think, second time this year it's happened, and last year, given what we went through last year, you know, having been locked down for pretty much the entirety of winter, um, you know, it's, it's upsetting, you know, for most people here in Victoria and Melbourne um, to be going through that again, and particularly people in regional Victoria, given that, you know, I know there's been some you know, the positive cases or whatever, they travelled to to Bendigo and Ballarat or something like that, but, you know, people in the far, far north of Victoria or whatever or down in Gippsland or whatever, they'd be pretty gutted to have to go into this kind of lockdown because of, um, yeah, just what's going on, so, yeah, we'll get through it, it'll be fine, yada, 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 Victoria, you got this, if I hear anyone say that, I will punch them, or <laughs> we'll see it pop up on social media, because, yeah, it's it's pretty patronizing that, anyway, so, yeah, no point me going over the, um, the Winton Super Sprint preview as a result, I mean, it would have been interesting, I had written down that, you know, we've had six different winners from the last six races, so, you know, you've got five drivers within 264 points of Shane Van Gisbergen, so would um, we see anyone try and turn the table on him, and Triple Eight have, you know, come to this track, and it's been a bit of a bogey circuit for them over the years, so, you know, and given the fact that the Victorian based teams do get to use this as a test circuit, you know, you would expect them to do a lot better um, than them, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go, and, Looking at the calendar now, you know, we've got to wait till the 18th of June now for the next round in Darwin and then, of course, uh, moving on to Townsville, and possibly Winton will come after that later, and I was actually planning on going up to Winton for the Sunday um, two races, so there you go, that was um, doomed not to happen, and some stuff on Gen 3, then, I did pen a piece this week about Gen 3 basically going over my wish list, and, you know, with stuff I've talked about in the last couple of weeks, we've had some kind of news come out about, um, or some images, you could say, uh you know about the chassis you know some CAD images I'm looking at now some renders and basically yeah just enhancing safety is is what their thing is um we had some news about engine as well you know so they're going to be using two different types of engines you know one uh like a 5.2 liter one for the Ford a Coyote engine and then of course I think a 5.7 liter um for the Chevrolets next year, so that was a big talking point as to how they are going to manage the parity between that, you know, they they had two options there for the um, GM engine, there was a 6.2, but if we're going to have a 5.4 litre Ford one, how are you going to manage the parity between the displacement and everything, so, you know, the 5.7 is probably a lot more easy to manage for the, for the Chevy in comparison to the Ford, Um, but yeah, you know, they've, they've, they've basically said that you know this is part of the future you know to have a cheaper engine rather than developing a bespoke engine let's use one that you can get off the shelf there in the road car um and then just work on the parity so you know it's it's very um yeah I don't know yet I'm still not convinced but we'll see we see you know hopefully they can roll out on time um for 2022 we get the start of the season happening, and um, yeah, we have two new, two new cars: two, uh, a new Ford Mustang and a new um, Chevy Camaro that we'll see on the track. So that's it. That's that's all the supercars I have for you this week. Unfortunately, um, I was going to do a little thing on the Indy 500, of course, a bit of a build-up cause that is this weekend, and I'm actually going to be able to watch it now, you know, I don't have work to go to on Monday morning, so I'm going to get up 3.30am or whatever it is, and um, sit down and watch the greatest spectacle in racing, so they say, so some key points um, from the grid, Um, Scott McLaughlin, top Penske car actually in qualifying, but you know, he's 17th, so you know, Penske didn't have such a great qualifying, Um, he, there in 17th on row 6, he's ahead of uh, Newgarden, who's 21st, then you go back a couple of rows, you got, um, Simon Pagano in 26th, and Will Power actually had to go through the elimination day, bump day, to see if he would end up on the last row of the grid, and indeed he did ahead of, um, Simona Di Silvestro, who lines up last for this one, um, and Will there in 32nd place, so both in, um, Penske prepared cars with, um, with Simona also racing for the all-female team there, hopefully they do well come this Sunday, and she's, you know, done Indy 500s before, so, you know, she will do well, I am sure, but on pole position, you had Scott Dixon, of course, he's only ever won it, Won the Indy 500 once, which is surprising given the fact that he's had four pole positions, but it also just tells you that pole doesn't really matter much around here. Um, and he'll be sharing the first row of the grid with Colton Herter and Renus VK, who have been race winners this season. Good to see Tony Canaan up there as well in fifth. Elio Castro Nevis not racing for Penske this year up there in eighth. Uh, Marcus Eriksson in the top nine too, so great for him. And yeah, just a lot of Andretti cars up there, the McLarens, where are they, so they're 12th, Pato Award, Felix Rosenquist there in 14th, and last year's Indy 500 winner Takuma Sato there in 15th, and what's his name, Juan Pablo Montoya, where are you, you are down in 24th, so in the in the third McLaren there, um, the wildcard racing for Indy, so yeah, really hard to pick this one, but um, obviously you got my <laughs> allegiance there to Scotty and hope he can do it, he certainly is talking like he can win it, uh, I'm saying he's got the pace to certainly do it, so if we can get that uh, yellow submarine number three car up the front, that would be really good, would we'll definitely send all of New Zealand into raptures and surely put a smile on my dial in the middle of this lockdown, so yeah, either way, like if a McLaren or Alex Rossi can get the job done again, I know, Joseph Newgarden hasn't won an Indy 500, even though he's a two-time, um, championship winner in IndyCar, you know, that'll be good for him too, so, yeah, at least, you know, even though we're, we're, <laughs> a lot of people are like, what are we gonna do, what are we gonna do, um, I'm like, well, you know, if you're into racing, we've got Mugello on this weekend for MotoGP, um, there's the Indy 500, um, at least there's like, yeah, sport to watch, and I'm sure you can find other things to do as well, but anyway, take take it easy guys, um, have a good weekend, wherever you are in the world, if you are stuck in this lockdown here, then um, I'm thinking of you, because <laughs> I'm in the same boat, but um, I'm sure you guys will find something to stay busy, you can always uh, do a movie marathon or something like that, um, listen to some albums, or just read a book, you know, do something, do something productive, Anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys, this week, uh, remember to follow through on our link tree, you'll find me on Instagram with my personal account, and then the um, Hit the Apex Twitter account as well, um, and yeah, got, got some work, uh, some pieces lined up, hopefully I should put up for, for the Raw as well, later this week, or next week, I should say, thanks for joining me, and um, see you guys next time.